Welcome to the Detroit Startup Week 2019 podcast, Founder to Founder. I'm your host, Ingrid Green. We're here to celebrate the innovators, makers, and pioneers who are fueling Detroit's entrepreneurial ecosystem and give you a behind-the-scenes look into what makes our startup culture unstoppable. Detroit Startup Week, powered by Quicken Loans in partnership with Venture Catalyst, is a free five-day celebration of entrepreneurship hosted at Durfee Innovation Society and Lear Innovation Center. Join us as we shine a light on a different founder in each episode for a glimpse of what you can expect during Detroit Startup Week. We are thrilled to have Luis Ali with us today to share his experience as the founder, president, and CEO of AGI Construction Solutions, a construction company based in Detroit. As a former Air Force engineer, Luis has won the Global War on Terrorism Service Medal and Air Force Expeditionary Service Ribbon. And he now aims to empower other veterans and Native Americans. AGI Construction is building innovative, sustainable projects for the next generation while also intentionally supporting an underserved population. He's a real one. This podcast for me is really more about journey Um, because I didn't know that, number one, I didn't know that I'd be podcasting. Gotcha. Right? When I was in high school, like, my parents didn't know that stuff. My parents are immigrants from Jamaica, and um, they just wanted me to do something that they could recognize where I'd be able to take care of myself. Something respectful, right? Right? And responsible and, and... podcasting didn't exist yet and I think when I said I was gonna stop uh, going to college for architecture they lost their minds <laughs> they lost their natural minds <laughs> I mean, that sounds about how life was for me when I joined the military right so I don't come from a military background you know here in Michigan there's not a whole lot of military around and so when I said hey I found a way out I'm, I'm I'm gone, and I was the only son, and so I got four sisters, and so for my dad, you know, he was like, "What do you What do you mean?" You know, so that, that was a battle just just to walk away from the family at that point in time. You know, it was back in 1995. You know, how'd you know it was the right move for you? You know, I didn't. Uh, just growing up in Detroit, I think like any urban city, you go into survival mode, and you live that way for most of your, your life, you know, and so you're just looking for opportunities. And so uh, for me, I tell people this story, it's kind of funny, but I really never thought about the military. Here I am in my senior year, and uh, <clears throat> a recruiter came to the school, and uh, he had his photo album out, he had it sitting on the table, didn't do much chit-chatting, uh, he just said, hey, look, this is where I've been, are you interested? And I started flipping through, and I seen different parts of the world, uh, and I just said, I'm interested, you know, that that's my way out. You know, I wasn't really smart, so I wasn't going to waste money trying to go to school, trying to ask for financial aid. I just said, hey, I can do this on my own. I'm 18. It's time for me to step up. And that was my way out. So I took it. Wow. Wow. That takes courage. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think I think everything about being an entrepreneur, like to start something 
Yeah. And to be a business owner takes courage because I know I feel like I'm wearing like 10,000 hats. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to juggle everything and keep all the balls in the air. Yeah. I like I got I got to go to um, Shreveport, Louisiana on Saturday for Drones for Girls. And I'm doing this, this, uh, I'm the sign and leave for Detroit Startup Week. And it just, it keeps, I'm supposed to get my hair cut. The basic necessities, right? Right. <laughs> Become a task. Like, so do you, do you know, like, in your soul that you have what it takes to start something that other people rely on you? And and you're you're like leading this thing, or do you just does it just take courage? Is that all that it takes? Well, you know, it's uh, when I first started, we just called it, "Hey, you just step out and take a risk." Uh, but after really thinking about it and going through some different uh, business classes and courses and just studying what you're actually doing, yeah, you're taking a risk, but it's it's a calculated risk, right? You're okay. looking at every option around yeah. you, yeah. And then at some point, you say, "Okay, I got all the information I'm going to get." And what I don't understand, I just don't understand. And so, yeah, you jump in, right? And, uh, again, it goes back to survival mode, you know. Uh, so I think sometimes it helps coming from a, a background where everything is not kind of given to you or you don't know where, you know, you that next. Yeah, you know, you got to work for something to survive that next day or that next week. And so uh, once I joined the military, then you start understanding the different aspects of, uh, you know, what it takes to, to perform well in that atmosphere. And so then you start learning, okay, I, I made this decision kind of haphazardly, but now I know that I have to do A, B, and C if I'm going to be accepted or if I'm going to perform the way that I need to perform. And so, yeah, it goes hand in hand with business, right? So you, you jump in, uh, you know, you start off in business giving away things, right? So I do construction. Uh, I'm an electrician by trade, and that's where I started at. I uh, came back from the military, and I uh, went through an apprenticeship, became an electrician. And after doing that for so long, I said, man, I can do other spar- other parts of construction. Uh, and uh, so I went back um, and, and really kind of figured out how do we get ourselves involved with not just the electrical part of it, but uh, the whole construction project itself. Right. And so here we are today, 10 years later, project managing construction projects, uh, bringing in the architect bringing the subcontractors, no longer am I just the electrician, but, you know, they say, hey, you know, Luis can do the whole job. AGI Construction can handle this. Did you know that you were going to go from being an electrician tradesperson to handling everything and all these, you know, on the, like, you're project managing the whole thing now. Did you know that you would go from electrician to the whole thing? I did not. I had I had visions of it. I think, okay. you know, I had these intuitions where, you know, I'd be on that project and I'd say, man, but I know I can do the other aspect of it better than that other guy. So from observing? Well, from observing. Strictly from observing, okay. right? Yeah, just like we observe everything, you know, you say, I, I think I can do something a little bit different, a little bit maybe unique from your own perspective. Okay. You know, so uh, in construction, things are always kind of, you, you do step A, you do step B, you do step C, and then there's a result. But how can we, how can we mix that up a little bit? How can we make that better? Okay. How can we do it more unique? You know, uh, so I'm from Detroit. My background is Southwest Detroit. Uh, there's always a little element of uh, a little bit of fire, a little bit of pizzazz, uh, your own uniqueness, that grit. You know, yeah, everybody uses that now in Detroit. Like, oh, Detroit's got grit. You know, it's a hot thing. But 
you know, it wasn't always hot. You know, it's like, you know, we... <laughs> it was just dirty. It was just right. gritty. It was just dirty. It was just great. You just get it done and you put your own flavor on it and that becomes unique now. So yeah. look at there's mirrors on every project now. Everybody's looking for artists. Everybody wants a mural on their building, you know. Um, back then it was just graffiti, right? Right. <laughs> Talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you... If you're in high school right now and you don't know what, what's next, um, but you you just like selling selling stuff, like mowing lawns and, and incomes and it's just it's just something is in your blood but you don't really recognize it. What's what would you say is the next step? How 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 does a high schooler take the next step to own something? I would say step one, uh Give it away to your neighbor. Give it away to a friend. Give it away to a family member. And you'd be surprised how quickly uh, the quality of work or what you present uh, markets itself. Okay. And you'll get calls that you didn't think you would, and somebody would be willing to pay you shortly down the road for, for, for what you do or okay. how you perform. How do you know uh, in that next step what the right price is? Is it the right price for you? Is it like I mean you're in high school, right? Right. So right. and you're just starting with something. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all about learning, continuing to better yourself, okay. better your craft. Okay. So uh, the more you do it, uh, you're not going to get those uh, situations or those opportunities that open up for you unless you step into it. So we can talk about it, we can share it with people, we can tell people what we want, our hopes and dreams. But unless we step out and we have some experiences and some difficulties and some challenges and you build some relationships, right? Because you don't, you don't really build that relationship talking about it. You build it going through something. And when you come out on the other end, there may be some difficulties. There, most, more than likely, there's going to be some challenges, some difficulties that you've gone through with that person or that client. And you come through. Uh, and if you communicate right through that process, that relationship is stronger. And so that's what building business is or building your opportunity is, is building those relationships. And every time you go deeper into another project or deeper into a situation, as long as you communicate and you, you, you're a man of your word or a woman of your word or you do what you say you're going to do, um, it gets stronger. And then more people start to see that. And I think that's where everything kind of branches out and you get more clients and more customers um, word of mouth, you know, yeah, um, yeah. marketing is a big thing. Obviously you always want to market or you want to brand. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think that's the best way to do it is just doing it, you know, face to face, client by client. And, uh, I, I find that we have more people calling now and asking to work with us because of our relationships and, uh, the story that's told itself over and over again, right. that we're trustworthy, that we right. do what we say we're going to do, yeah. that we really care about the community. Um, when I first started in business, I thought, I wouldn't say when I first started, but I thought as a veteran, uh, I had this, uh, veteran status in business. Oh, I'll go after, uh, government contracting, you know? Right. That's and, the uh, natural yeah, order of things. That's an, right. Right. And that's so where my advantage is. Exactly. So, you know, I said, okay, we got minority status. We got veteran status. We're going to go after these government contracts. But when you get, when you step into your ideas, you realize, okay, uh, I need more resources. And we don't have those resources right now. So we need to build the capacity on what we do have. And so you start small. And so from starting where we started at with just, uh, you know, I don't even think we spoke about it yet, but we started 
uh, really in 2004 just buying a home at under value and then fixing it up and then selling it and, and hopefully making a profit. And we did that, uh, but the problem was we thought we were getting in at the right time. And in 2008, it was the market just fell out, yeah. you know, completely yeah. uh, below even what we, we were at in 2004. So wow. we had to reestablish ourselves after that because we had to short sell some properties. And uh, obviously your credit went from A1, 800 down to, geez, 650, you know, yep. and everybody's like, oh, you're not going to borrow any money from us. And, right. you know, now we're in a, an economy where money's tight. It's hard to get. No one's giving it away, especially if you're in construction because properties are foreclosing. Uh, so we kind of moved ourselves into the foreclosure market where we started taking care of foreclosed properties. And so when we initially started business, okay, we're going to start, you know, buying and selling houses, and that's where our business is going. Uh, I'm an electrician. Uh, I think I can do more. So let's open up construction company and start doing full construction. And so really that's what happened. Once the market just kind of fell out and we started doing property service, we said, well, how do we continue doing construction? Well, we just worked for the banks, you know, so we worked for the banks. Uh, we had a couple properties that we still had with us, and we were actually releasing those out to uh, insurance companies where people who were burnt out of their homes or had some situation going on with their house and they couldn't stay there. Right. Well, here we have this property that, you know, you can rent from us. Right. So we kind of started doing all these different things okay. and then uh, went back, got our builder's license. Uh, and uh, as we developed that, as the economy started to turn, 2010, 2011, people were calling, hey, you know, can you remodel my, my kitchen, my bathroom, my basement? Uh, and so we started taking on a lot of residential projects. Uh, but, you know, soon we realized we, we wanted to step even into more commercial. So, you know, we talk about the city of Detroit being revitalized. Uh, how, do we, how do we get a piece of that? And so we've been doing commercial construction for the last three, four years now. Uh, and uh, we, we, we found a niche working within the community, schools, churches, nonprofit organizations. And to what, like, what percentage would you say, or what is the blend of dream versus resourcefulness? Or is it really the same thing? Is it, is it like, okay, we should pivot towards these things because there's opportunity there, or did you just have it in your mind you were going to do those things? Yeah, so much of it was just pivoting, you know, just just being resourceful and saying, hey, we're, if we're going to survive and we're going to have a choice in what, uh, in, in owning our own business, you know, otherwise you just hang it up and say, okay, I'm going back to work, you know. And so um, that was never a thought, really. You know, once I stepped out and said, okay, I've left work, I'm, I'm providing a means for, for my family and I'm providing work uh, and income for somebody else, then it's hey, we got to make this work. And so you find yourself being very resourceful and you find a way uh, to, to continue and make it happen. Uh, now, whether you get a paycheck every week is one thing, but, you know, there, there's been several <laughs> weeks you go by and you say, wow, everybody's getting paid but me. Right. But, uh, but again, you know, you push through uh, and yeah. those relationships that you've built, yeah. uh, that networking that takes place um, constantly. Um, you go back to those relationships where you started at, and, and there's always something there that you might have not realized, and another opportunity comes out of that. My mom always used to say, which she had a lot of sayings, <laughs> but one of the things that she said a lot was, don't talk about it, be about it. Right. Just walk, walk it out. Right. Don't talk about it at all. One way to under-promise and over-deliver is to not talk about it, just be about it. 
let people be surprised. Let your work speak for itself. That's it. But I, I don't. I don't know. See, I, and it's funny because, I mean, both my parents kind of just rolled up their sleeves. They were disappointed about things, some choices that we made, and and stuff like that. But they probably led the way in a different way, mm-hmm. in the sense that um, they just worked hard. Yeah, hard work. You know, I think that's that's all of our parents. You know, that's an old school way, right? You know. It's always difficult, and I'm sure they could tell us tons of stories about what they've gone through uh, that was Walking painful. Walking uphill both ways hard. to school. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so hard work, you know, in the end, that's you can talk about it all day long and uh, until you, like you said, until you be about it, until you really put the work in. And so how many people talk about ideas but really the next day never get up and, and take that one step in front of the other to make something happen? We all probably share some of the same ideas in life, and some people just say, hey, you know, I don't think I can do it, and others just get out there and make that phone call, you know, and, and sometimes you don't get a response that you need either, right? So you think that client that's next is, is next, and they're not, and so you don't make that phone call. Uh, and The bottom follow-ups real, real quick. <laughs> Allison Malik, um, who is the founder of May Mobility, which is an uh, autonomous vehicle, drives itself. Uh, it's a shuttle in downtown Detroit. Um, she talked about how important follow-up is um, to building relationships. Because if you, like, if you don't follow up within a certain period of time, busy people, they're gone. Right. And, and they don't take you seriously. You're just not at the level where... Um, they feel like they want to invest in you and they want to help you if you don't follow up. And that's the most basic thing you could do to get started is if you feel like you're putting yourselves, you're putting yourself in the, in the right rooms and you're going to the right organizations to get assistance, but it, but you never follow up or you take like a week or two weeks to follow up. It's, it's gone that quickly. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you got to be that thorn in the side because busy people are busy, you know. Uh, people who do, do well for themselves or who have those opportunities, they, they have a lot of people coming to them. Uh, and so it's important as you're, you know, you're doing uh, your craft and you're providing business to others that you're also reaching out and uh, you're building those relationships and, and, and letting people mentor you along the way. Uh, so that's one thing we haven't really talked about, but uh, we've been... I've had several mentors uh, in, in the span of the, the 10 years uh, that we started our construction company. And um, it's just, you know, it's important to take their take heed to their advice. Uh, um, one mentor said to me, so the only difference between me and you is I've got 40 years over you. And so if you can, if you can weather the storm, if you can take step by step and, and stay in business, uh, 40 years later, you, 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 you know. <laughs> and that's the hard part, right, is it having is. that patience. Right. To right. know that if you stick it out, it'll be okay. Just having that, I mean, you just don't know until you actually do it. Yeah. Yeah, you really don't know until you do it. Uh, you know, over the course of this time period, uh, I've had deployments come up, and, you know, you're just like, okay, well, you know, I, I run the business. Yeah, you know, I have my partner or, yeah, I have, uh, you know, a family member. I have my wife. They can, they know what we do, so they can handle some things. But when you walk away and people are used to talking to you, 
hey, where's Luis at? Luis needs to talk to me because this is how we're going to get through this next step. And I'm not there. Well, what you realize is, you know, all the stress that you think about that's that's becomes your, uh, you know, how is this going to continue? Right. When you're out of the picture. Yeah. It causes other people to step up. You know, it, it causes you not to micromanage or it causes a, a growth where you, you know, you thought was a problem. And it, it, you realize, wow, it, it's not. It's not a problem. This is actually better for me because now I've stepped away for three months and I've come back and now you can tackle other other issues or other things or grow and, and people have stepped up and done other things for you. Uh, and a lot of that is follow-up. So, you know, you think, okay, I, I met with a person. I did my sales in the morning, so I need to follow-up and then I need to order materials and then I need to put the guys on the schedule. Next step. And I need to, you know, Next so step. some of those things end up getting delegated and you're like, wow, okay, I, we can do we can do more than what I thought. Yeah. Very cool. Luis, I'm so glad that you made it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, so thanks glad for having that me. you came. We got to do this again sometime. Absolutely. I would love to. Uh, I, this, is, uh, this is good. <clears throat> thanks for coming. Thank you. If you have an entrepreneurial mindset, you belong here. Want to be part of the action? Check out Detroit Startup Week, June 17th to the 21st, 2019. It's completely free. And you can register online now at DetroitStartWeek.com. Find out what you need in over a dozen specialized tracks for any entrepreneur at any stage. First up, day one focuses on mobility, marketing, and technology where you'll learn the keys to unlocking your growth potential and making your business stand out. Huge thank you to Audio Wave Network, Dime, and WeWork for all your support in bringing this podcast to fruition. Stay tuned.